Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Sex, Love, and Addiction. This show was created to provide accurate expert information and support for those seeking insight into the painful realities of cheating and infidelity, sex and porn addiction, as well as the relationship between chronic drug abuse and paired sexual behavior, commonly known as chemsex. I'm your host, Dr. Rob Weiss, a licensed therapist, addiction specialist, sexologist, clinical educator, and author of 10 books on intimacy, addiction, sexuality, and relationship health. This podcast is a forum for discussing sex, love, and addiction in frank, fact-based, informative ways. My primary goal is to bring you clear advice, opinions, and feedback from some of the world's most renowned experts in human sexuality, trauma, addiction, mental health, and relationship intimacy. This show is sponsored by Seeking Integrity Treatment Programs, which are also dedicated to providing expert-focused, highly specialized residential treatment for men struggling with sex, porn, and related addictions. You can learn more about Seeking Integrity and my work there at www.seekingintegrity.com. Now let's get started. Hi, this is Dr. Rob, and welcome to Sex, Love, and Addiction. I'm really grateful today to have a colleague and friend of mine to talk to. His name is Joe Saavedra. Joe, welcome. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me on today. You are really welcome to be here. Joe has a master's in uh, psychotherapy. He's an MFT in California. He's a sex addiction treatment provider and is really passionate about working with people who've experienced the challenges that come with addictive and compulsive sexual behavior. He works with addicts and partners using a a really empathic, nurturing, integrity-based model. And uh, interestingly, Joe worked in the rail industry for many years. He allows, he's seen a lot of trauma live and experienced first responders. So he has a lot of experience in that area. And I'm incredibly grateful to say that Joe joins us once a week. When is that, Joe? That's Monday mornings, uh, 10.45 to 11.45 Pacific time. Okay, so it's 10 a.m. on the in the West Coast and wherever it is in the rest of the world, and we do this live worldwide. Joe is there every Monday morning talking about sex, love, and addiction to anybody who wants to come and ask questions. Joe's group is specific to men who are dropping in and want to understand how to get better. Correct. And so I really wanted to bring Joe on today because not only do I like his work and admire what he's doing, and really sad about the fact that he's leaving California and moving to Colorado. When are you doing that, Joe? Two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. So you guys don't know when two weeks is, depending on when you listen to the podcast, but I would say to you that somewhere by, uh, let's say Valentine's Day, uh, you'll probably find Joe in the Boulder area doing uh, psychotherapy. And he is licensed both in California and in Colorado. Correct. But for the work that Joe does for us, as you know, on sex and relationship healing, it's all free. So he is sitting there every week moderating and monitoring uh, a men's sex addiction drop-in group. And so I really wanted to talk about, Joe, you know, what your experience is there, because I'm not in that drop-in group. And my groups tend to be more webinars where people are just asking me questions. You have everybody in a room where you can see each other, or even if they cover over their camera, you can talk to them and they can talk to you. So it's much more interactive. What is that like? I mean, is it like doing group therapy online or is it like getting going to a 12-step meeting or what are those drop-in groups like? Yeah, great question, Rob. 
so it is similar to doing group therapy. Um, of course, we aren't doing group therapy, but it is similar in the setting that, in the sense that I, I do see the faces for the most part of uh, the, the, the men who drop in. And it is an interactive group. I do ask questions and bring up topics. Individuals are interactive with one another and it's a great support network. It's a great support system, a way to find connection, healthy connection uh, in, an, in a virtual setting. Um, you know, I have guys here from California. I have guys from uh, the East Coast. I've had guys from uh, Canada drop in uh, thus far. And uh, these are mainly guys who um, uh, live in remote areas uh, of the country where they don't necessarily have the opportunity to uh, hit a 12-step meeting or even a group therapy uh, scenario uh, on a weekly basis. So to have this a safe virtual session uh, available to them is incredible. So we're not recording them. They're completely confidential. What happens in the room happens in the room, and then it ends there. And yes, I think people get a chance to bring in their secrets, their challenges, their fears anonymously, confidentially. You know, my hope for the site was that exactly this would happen, that people who couldn't get to the support or couldn't afford the support or didn't live near enough to the support or, but knew they wanted to get help, or at least their spouse knew they wanted to get help, mm-hmm. would make sure that they found a place to go. And I am so grateful to you because, you know, Joe, I think about the guy who's at work and he can sit for an hour and drop in the group, chat with you, and maybe not get tempted by acting out during his lunch hour. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious, you know, you have run group therapy and this is not that we're not, we're, it's a support group. And I think the goal is to kind of build relationships, build, help people feel more like I'm not alone. Um, but what do you see happening online at 10 a.m. on Mondays, California time? What's, and how many people are coming and what is that like? It's, it varies week to week. <clears throat> it really does. The, you know, um, surprisingly and gratefully, um, there were about 10 men online the first week. Um, mm-hmm. We started right around the holidays in 2018. So, Which is always slow. Yes, it kind of dipped a bit, but uh, at the beginning of the year, we, we bounced back. And so it varies anywhere from, you know, uh, there's been as little as two uh, drop guys dropping in up to 10 to 12 guys. So it's been a, a nice uh, change, but there have been uh, members that have been consistently coming uh, mm-hmm. each, week, each week and dropping in. And they are the ones that are getting the most benefit because they are learning how to do a uh, relationship in a healthy way. With each other. That is correct. So here's a question for you. I don't think therapists currently would, would universally understand this. I think I've been doing this work online a lot in many different ways, but do you think you can affect and help people with an hour of just chatting online? I mean, you're not being paid. Uh, you're not really acting as a therapist. Why would anyone bother to do that? So uh, my first supervisor, when I was uh, doing my practicum uh, out of grad school, made it clear that it's the therapist's presence that makes the difference in the uh, therapist-client relationship. And uh, although uh, we, as uh, on sexandrelationshiphealing.com, aren't uh, providing therapy virtually, um, just the presence of a professional to be able to absorb, to receive, facilitate, and just be present with those that drop in is enough. It's a very Rogerian approach, if you will. I don't know that everyone would know that would, what that means, but it's a very nice approach. It's a very warm and fuzzy go. approach. It's very non-judgmental. I think maybe part of the answer is we're not, we're not seeking to heal the whole person in an hour. No. The goal is for them to get into some, and this is true for anyone in recovery, to get into a pattern of activities, 12-step meetings, therapy, drop-in groups online, whatever, 
works into their schedule in their life that stabilizes them. And if I'm having a bad day and I choose to go online to a webinar or a group and I just check in with some people who say, I'm crazy today too, mm-hmm. that can, you know, that sense of being connected makes me, I may still be crazy, but I'm going to feel a little less crazy knowing I'm not the only one. And I've talked to other people who are feeling a little squirrely too. Well, if you think about it, Rob, these folks that uh, choose to drop in or even choose a webinar like yourself, they have a choice when they go online. They can choose to connect with others who are interested in what a relational, a healthy relationship looks like, or they can choose to click on something that might look a little bit like uh, an unhealthy or a um, false type of intimacy. Well, there's that. There's that. If you're going to click, making t- that gives a whole new meaning to the word uh, right click. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, make the make the right click. Right. Uh, I really kind of like that. Um, and just to say it, Joe, you know, I've been doing a group on Monday nights. I, I follow you at five and uh, five p.m. California time, and I had forty people this week. And like you, I had eight or nine during the holidays, but now we're up to forty. And the other group I do on in the rooms dot com on Fridays, I had almost a hundred. Wow. At last Friday. And so f- to sit in that room with 100 people or 60 or 40 people who are really wanting information, really wanting to grow, really wanting to learn, oftentimes can't believe they're talking to an expert for free. Mm-hmm. You know, they're so grateful. I have to say universally, people have been, people have been so grateful, um, whether it's whether I have five people or, fi- or 50, because they understand, I think, the point, which is the healing occurs when we are together. Right. And it occurs when there are more of us together. And as much as everybody thinks it would be embarrassing or humiliating, or the truth is when you tell your embarrassing, humiliating truth in front of someone else and they say, oh, well, me too, Hmm. Hmm. Um, it becomes less painful, less shameful, and less powerful. And if nothing else, and there is a lot more, I think, Joe, what you're doing is you're giving people a place to say me too. I'm imperfect. I've struggled. I'm not, you know, I'm not a bad person, but I don't know how to make this better. And, and I need hope. And maybe that's what the drop-in groups offer most of all is hope because I'm not alone and other people are getting well too. And when I suggest the term Rogerian uh, earlier in the, in, the, uh, in the interview here. Yes, it's a fancy therapy word. Right. What I'm suggesting is a, is a place that's non-judge, non-judgmental. It's not shaming. It's not being critical of one another. It's being accepting. It's being loving. It's being empathetic a willingness to join one another in our brokenness. So let me say something about your, now that you've defined a Rogerian group, accepting, nurturing, loving, non-judgmental. I'm thinking about the wife who's listening to this or the spouse who's thinking, well, that's not really the group I think that my husband should be in. <laughs> I think my husband needs to be in a group where they kick in a group where they kick his butt around what he should be doing and isn't doing and how he's hurt me. And, and I'm not so thrilled about my, my spouse being in a group where everyone's all warm and affectionate when the truth is, uh, he's violated our family, hurt my my life, hurt our children, you know, whatever it is. Sure. And how do you answer that to a spouse who says, well, that's nice that you're all warm and fuzzy, but, you know, I've been warm and fuzzy for 20 years and he's been lying to me. Yeah, sure. So I would suggest to that, uh, that spouse that there are 12-step groups that uh, would provide that type of setting that she's looking for or he's looking for, that partner. Uh, in other words, there's accountability in a 12-step process in a 12-step group, but there's also the sponsor aspect. And that sponsor is the one who typically drives, pushes, challenges the addict to make changes in a way that's empathetic in a way, but it's also they're, they're willing to kick them in the butt. Telling truth to power. That's right. 
what you would say to the spouses who are listening is that this is only a piece of it. Absolutely. There are places where they're going to get their butt kicked, where people are going to confront them, where their thinking is going to be pointed out. Hopefully, if they're staying active, and that's the reason to do group work in addictions, it's not that individual therapy isn't helpful, but being around those other guys who know your BS, ladies or gentlemen, the ones who do what you do, they're going to, you know, when you say, well, I just decided to drive through that part of town because um, there was a lot of traffic. Mm-hmm. And they're going to say to you, but isn't that where all the uh, strip clubs and massage parlors. Do you really drove through that part of town just because there was traffic? <laughs> and you know, you or I might not think of that because maybe we don't drive through that part of town, but the other addicts in the group do. And so the power of these kinds of drop-in groups is for the shame reduction, but also the identification. It's like, wow, you you did what I did. I'm not alone. Or and hope you're getting better. You and your partner are getting along better, and somehow you got there, and I want to know how, and and the answers might be in that group. Absolutely right, Rob. And to go alongside with what you just shared, I guess the the ideal scenario for someone who's struggling with sex addiction, porn addiction, uh, compulsive behaviors, if you will, sexual behaviors. Um, So not only the the individual therapy uh, and not only the group therapy, but that 12-step, that recovery process that has this, you're working a step, you're working the steps, if you will. The drop-in group is simply a supplement to this, another a place, a community, a safe community to come and share thoughts, feelings, emotions, etc., in a way that allows connection to take place. And hopefully, the, my hope, my biggest hope, is that uh, these uh, these men, specific to, to my group anyway, these men uh, begin to connect outside of the drop-in group. In other words, the phone calls begin. Then there's that support outside of the 10:45 to 11:45 Pacific time hour that uh, allows a friendship to build, a healthy connection in a way that transforms or translates, transfers, let me say it that way, transfers uh, into a healthy connection to their spouse or to their significant other, because they might not have that in their relationship, right? There might be confrontation, conflict. Well, this is this is what I can bring to the group. You know, I can say my my spouse and I are, you know, she's or she or he is angry at me all the time. They're they're they they want they're constantly asking me questions. Uh, they tell me I've ruined their lives, and that's hard. You know, even if that's true, <laughs> even if you did ruin her his or her life, even if you have, you know, you still need a place to go to say, "Wow, I can't believe I ruined this person's life." Um, we all need some place to go to say, "I can't believe I did this," and I must be a horrible person for someone to say. Well, we can work on the fact that you did it, but you're probably not a horrible person. That's just gold to the people who need to heal. And and why don't we let, uh, I haven't actually encountered this, but I'm assuming we don't let spouses drop in on the addicts group. We have spouses groups for partners to drop in. People who've been betrayed, people who've dealt at the other end of the infidelity and the cheating and the addiction. We have groups for the partners on sex and relationship healing, uh, com. Why wouldn't you let one into your men's group? Again, this is specific to... Um, safety. I shouldn't even say specific. The whole intention is is to create a safe space for the addict. It's been my experience uh, in groups that I've brought uh, partners together for, you know, uh, maybe every quarter or so. Um, I'll bring the partners of addicts into the addict group to learn, just to do a kind of an education piece about addiction. And oftentimes, uh, either the addict uh, or the partner tends to shut down because of the shame that's uh, uh, involved with the behaviors from the past. So uh, an effort to keep an open forum, if you will, and place for um, the addict to feel safe to be able to share, he's going to shut down if his wife or another person's wife is in the room. And so it's a safety factor, emotionally speaking. And what about 
female sex addicts why don't or, or sex and love addicts why don't we put those i mean they have the same issue and from a different perspective why would we not do that that i don't have an answer for rob oh well i'll answer that one okay um well we won't be doing that and the answer is that just like you talked about the intimacy the friendships the closeness the support um i don't want anybody getting that with someone that they might be attracted to and then start you know sexting to online so none of our groups will be gender mixed because it's just too easy for people to pair off um, and this is why we have separate groups for female sex addicts. And, and even more than that, Joe, and I think you do know this, our guys need to bond with men. Yeah. They need to learn how to, you know, they go into a crowded room where a guy says, hey, dude, let's go chat. I'm really liking how your life's going. And he says, well, not right now because there's a cute woman in front of me. Right. And what he doesn't realize is that buddy who walked up to him to shake his hand, that's like the most important person in his life. It's the man who is a friend who he turns to for support and nurturing, who will help guide him through this. Not his wife, not his girlfriend, not a woman, but another man, gay or straight. Right. And I think just like in the women's groups that we work for on, on addiction in general, but certainly on, on intimacy and addiction, I don't want any men in there. <laughs> you know, I don't want men talking about miscarriages and abortions and those things when women are around or getting abused. It's just not where they belong. And as you said, women will shut down just like the men will if there's guys around when they're talking about that. So the best way we can do this is by doing gender separate groups. Um, although I'd be very interested, Joe, in doing some kind of a couples group online. That would be wonderful. And what you don't know maybe is the groups I do for the, the webinars, I often have couples show up and I will have, a, a. I think I picture when I'm talking to them that there's a wife sitting there who's got her husband by his ear <laughs> and his ear is really red and she's holding it and forcing his face to the screen as I'm talking about recovery and disclosure and you know how to handle trust broken and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not sure the couples are willing to come as a couple, but they're both there as couples. You know, uh, one of my mentors, he's the one that showed uh, showed me uh, in running groups. He's the one that brought the uh, partners, specifically women, into uh, a group every quarter or so throughout the year where the educational piece about the attachment, the bond, the, 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 the relational healing that needs to take place. He, he was willing to bring the spouses in for um, just a one-time session, if you will, just to help them connect with one one another to help the empathy piece kick in as well. In other words, as as an addict it sees the spouse of one of his friends who is also struggling with those behaviors, sees the tears in her eyes, uh, may not necessarily have had that experience with his own spouse or partner. And he sees the, the spouse or partner of, another, of one of his friends uh, tearing up. And then that empathy will kick in and can transfer into his own relationship as well. And, and you know, Joe, you're right. And I want to I again restate what Joe just said, as I've said in many a couples group, where if a guy's, let's say, I'm just using heterosexual examples. If a guy's wife says, you know, I just freaking hate my, that my husband did this and that, and it's affected me in these ways. And he, the, her husband is thinking, rolling his eyes and thinking, here she goes again. But the other guy across the room is listening to her. And now he couldn't hear his wife say this, but he's listening to another woman who seems very nice saying, how her husband ruined her life. And he starts to feel for that woman. And I think that's what you're saying. He can't feel it for his wife because there's so much turmoil between them. But he can look at another person's wife and say, wow, if that did that to her, then what must, have, must it have done to my spouse? And I think that's what you're talking about. 
So what do you think it's going to be? First of all, um, Joe, I've read a lot. Uh, we've talked a lot, and I, I know all your, a little bit about you. And you love doing this work. You don't just like it. You, you love working in the area of integrity, fidelity, commitment, uh, addiction, and relationships, and sex. I have to tell you, I know a lot of therapists who say, listen, you can take all those people with sex problems. I'll just work with the nice depressed people. <laughs> and so I guess, and certainly the addicts are not everybody's favorite population. Why do you like this work? Uh, Rob, it starts with my own story. It starts with my own background, my own experience. Um, at the top of the uh, podcast, you mentioned that I have a, a rail uh, railroad transportation background. So I was in the railroad industry for uh, over 20 years, and I'm kind of the new kid on the block to the therapy world, but I'm not new to the sex addiction world. And so in that railroad um, career, uh, my own addiction blossomed. Um, you know, I struggled with sex addiction, pornography addiction uh, since I was a teenager, and it carried, carried into my marriage. It adversely uh, affected that marriage. I was married for 10 years, uh, never having been faithful, and we ended up uh, divorcing after 10 years. We didn't have children, but I saw the, I, I saw the effects that it, it took on my former spouse. And uh, during that uh, divorce period um, is when I stepped into recovery, when I recognized and I realized that I had a problem. I could not control my behavior, and I was hurting um, not only people in, in my family, uh, friends, but I was hurting myself as well. So I got into recovery. Um, so I'm a, a, a man of faith. I turned to a faith-based program and uh, started working the 12 steps. And in that process, um, you know, one of those steps is, of course, is making amends to, to those that you've harmed. I was able to um, make amends to my uh, ex-wife, my former spouse. And um, she gave me an opportunity to reconnect with her in a, in a way that developed, redeveloped our friendship. And, uh, and it was wonderful. And I have to tell you, um, after... Oh, about four years of being friends again and starting anew, starting fresh, and her really seeing a guy that she hadn't seen um, throughout our marriage, she agreed to uh, to remarry me. <laughs> and after 10 years of being divorced, we remarried. We remarried in, in 2012. And so this has been a calling. Uh, it's not just a passion, but a calling. As I say, I'm a man of faith, and I, I, I use that, I guess that inner being, if you will, um, to connect with other folks, specifically men, who have also struggled with this. And I know what reconciliation and restoration can look like. So, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a living testimony to that. And so that's what, put, that's what brings me to the office every day. That's what puts me in front of the computer at 1045 on Monday mornings to help those guys recognize that there's hope. Um, that uh, if there's a, a broken man like myself that has uh, gone through recovery and uh, been able to have an opportunity to, to restore a marriage that was just absolutely uh, exploded, if you will, or imploded, actually, you know, there's hope for others as well. Hey there. I sure hope you're enjoying this Sex, Love, and Addiction podcast. Before we continue, I'd like to remind you that if you or someone you know or love needs treatment for sex addiction, porn addiction, or co-occurring drug problems, Seeking Integrity can help. For more information, please visit our website at www.seekingintegrity.com, that's seekingintegrity.com, or call us at 747-234-4325. You know, I think, Joe, hearing you talk about that story just makes me think how much 
better you must be at this work than someone who has not been through a story like that. Because, you know, my story is not the same, but but similar. You know, I was going down a rabbit hole with sexual behavior in my, you know, almost 30 years ago, over 30 years ago now. I'm sorry, I'm really old. And uh, and here I am, this international author and global figure and writer and all these things, whatever it means to others or even to me. And that wouldn't have come about. None of it would have come about unless I'd been able to understand that the behavior I had was going to destroy my life. And that it was fun when it was fun, but when the fun was over, I didn't have a life. And I and the people I was with weren't getting a life with me. They were just getting me being around. And yeah, there, I agree with you, Joe. For me too, I, I remember sitting in a group 25 years ago when I was first starting and I would look at some man who you know, just wasn't getting it. And I would watch the lights come on in his eyes about how what love could be, what family life could be, what partnership could be, what he had given away, what he'd lost, what he had to gain. I mean, you can do that, especially if you're doing residential treatment. And I thought there is just no greater gift than being able to sit here and bring somebody from darkness into light. Something I could do all day long, and then they pay me on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm finding as well. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's an absolute gift um, to, to see uh, a couple, let's just say a couple, uh, have that moment where they look at each other and say, hey, you know what? We can start again. We can start anew. We can start afresh. It just, it, it often brings tears to my eyes because I know that. I know what that feels like. And uh, it's a beautiful experience. And as you said, to get paid for it, that's, <laughs> that's even better. <laughs> so folks, if you wonder why this man who, who treats sex addicts, uh, who are not the easiest population, is such a happy guy, it's uh, because he has the life he's always wanted and he's the person he's always wanted to be with a lot of hard work. And I, and I think that's important, Joe. You know, we offer hope, but I, it, this is no quick fix, right? No, no. I started my own recovery experience back in 2005, and it's 2019 now, and I continue to work a program. So it is no, there's no quick fix. What does that mean? I'm sorry. What does it mean for those who don't understand? I continue to work a program. I, I, you have to explain that for them. Sure, sure, sure. So for me, uh, working the 12 steps for many years, actually uh, going back to grad school, learning about uh, myself through the eyes of psychology, and then implementing that into my own recovery experience. In other words, continuing to take personal inventory on a daily basis and be accountable to others whom I give permission provide permission to, to call me on my BS um, is what I mean by recovery. So being open, being honest, being transparent, being my authentic self. And if people who really, really know me recognize that, hey, something's a little bit off with Joe, he's getting, he's going down that path again, they have permission to call me and bring me back to that point where I say, you know what, thank you for being that hook, if you will, that brings you back to the person. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on there, Joe, because I hear something implied that we haven't talked about, which is you're saying that that we don't get fixed. Is that what you're saying? That this is not something that you work through and you're done? So what I'm saying is that uh, I'm suggesting that for the rest of my life, I know that I'm going to continue to struggle with- A desire. A desire, correct. So that those lustful thoughts and uh, sometimes that compulsive, uh, that desire for compulsive behaviors. I know for a fact, this is a daily struggle for me. Um, I know that. Again, I shared that I'm a man of faith and I believe I've turned this over to God every single day. But the, the human in me, the, <laughs> the human in me still struggles. That's the, There's that part of me. And so to have uh, people in my life that know me from the inside out, that I have shared my most intimate details with, my struggles, my uh, also my, my victories, if you will, positives, the negatives, they know what Joe, uh, who Joe is. 
So, so let me ask you a question in relationship to what you're saying right now. Sure. I, I was uh, running my Monday night, five o'clock sex and relationship healing.com group, California time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a spouse come on and say, because these are the kinds of questions I get. My husband, and this is what she said, basically. She said, my husband admitted to me that he has a problem, but I don't think he's really going to be able to get better. And I'm not sure if it's true or not, because he says that he can read books, um, work on himself, write, journal, meditate, go to yoga. And he really doesn't need other people to get better. That his behavior, you know, he needs to de-stress, he needs to take better care of himself, he needs to gain awareness, and then he's going to be able to fix this, fix this problem on his own. And the wife said, I, I don't trust what he's saying, which I think is a good idea. And, you know, I know what my response was to her, but I'm curious what your response is. Yeah. So, so I had a client uh, uh, a number of years ago uh, who I called the DIY client, do it yourself client (laughs) for many years that that was his path. And his wife was, uh, had the same mindset that uh, of the spouse that you're speaking of now. And she was saying, no, there, there's got to be another way. There's got, you need others in your life. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until he recognized the, uh, the power of group that he was willing to change that DIY mindset to, no, it's about empowering self through others. And isn't it typical for a guy, I know, being a guy, I know the feeling, especially addicts to say, I don't need anybody to help me with this. I can figure this out. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm the guy who will not ask anybody on the street how to get to the restaurant I want to go to because I'm going to find it myself, you know? And I think that's kind of being a, being a guy in some ways. So um, how, how, do we, how do you get past that to help them understand the need they have for connection? Sure. Uh, so that's called pride. <laughs> and, there's a, and there's a proverb that suggests that pride comes before the fall. Uh, and so, um, so in, in allowing them, just, just allowing them, to recognize a, a need for change, just just asking the right questions and finding out if there is any desire to shift or to change that, um, I guess, continued mindset of I can do this by myself, and uh, maybe even allowing them to re- to witness others who've done it, others who've done recovery in a group setting or in a twelve, you know, a twelve step setting, and seeing the difference between the two. In other words, if I look in the mirror and I say, "We can do this today. We can just you and I, just just you and I. Joe, just you and I. We can do this." Correct. Talking to myself, Joe, just you and I. Look at Gillette commercial. A little bit. <laughs> there you go. I can shave today. That's <laughs> right. That's right. I can be my best self today. That's great. That's that's wonderful. But how is that going to help you? Uh, the moment that you uh, begin to 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 have some type of a healthy relational, uh, what the glimpse of a healthy relational connection looks like, it's most likely going to scare that. It's most likely going to scare me, Joe, mm-hmm. because I only know Joe in the mirror. I don't know the other person. You don't look in the mirror when you're in the massage parlor is what you're saying. Well, I don't know how they're going to perceive me if I don't open mm-hmm. up to them, right? So I, I'm not going to be able to give, I'm not going to give them a, an opportunity to be non-shaming, non-judgmental, non-criticism, Right. So it's best to to, avoid, to just avoid the possibility that people are going to make me feel worse rather than take a chance that they might support me. That's it. That's it. So, hey, I'm just going to do this myself. Um, you know, I've, I've heard many a story where uh, somebody has uh, given up cigarettes or given up alcohol or drugs, and they've just kind of turned it over to their higher power and said, I'm not going to do this anymore. And then they gain 40 pounds <laughs> because they turn to food or they find another place to fill. Sorry. 
Correct. Please continue. I interrupted you. So there's that quote unquote dry drunk, if you will. And it's the same mindset for, for those who struggle with, with, the, with sex addiction, porn addiction, compulsive sexual behaviors, et cetera. You know, they might quote, quote unquote quit those behaviors, but, the, uh, but what's going on on the inside, the driver of those behaviors, they're still turmoil. The engine is still running. The engine is still running. And it's just a matter of time before they turn to that again. So the power of connection the power of uh, relational intimacy within that connection is what diffuses or turns off or minimizes that engine revving up to light speed. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Saavedra. Joe, thank you so much for joining us every week on sexandrelationshiphealing.com. If anybody heard Joe and didn't want to join his group, you're probably listening to the wrong podcast because I think you have the right, you have a healer's heart. And, and the healer spirit. And I do want to say, just for those of you who aren't comfortable with it, that you know the, the work, while Joe has his own spiritual beliefs and spiritual beliefs and, and religion are a part of his life, that they are not required for recovery. There is a need to believe, to believe and to have faith. But how that faith appears and what it looks like is really going to vary from person to person. There's no requirements around that. If nothing else, you can have faith in the fact that other people are getting better. And if they are, maybe you can too. Maybe your family can too. Thanks for joining us on Sex, Love, and Addiction. Joe, um, if people want to reach you, how would they do that? Sure. They can go to uh, the website, www.emmausroadcounseling. That's spelled E-M-M-A-U-S, roadcounseling.com. Or they can email me at J Saavedra. It's kind of a, a strange name to spell out, but let me spell it for you. S-A-A-V-E-D-R-A at EmmausRoadCounseling.com. Joe, you are amazing. And I'm so grateful that you're part of this team. And I look forward to doing more work together. Thanks for the opportunity, Rob. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Thanks. Hi, this is Dr. Rob again. Thank you for joining us today. If this show has inspired you to seek further information for yourself or someone you love, I encourage you to visit our treatment center website, which is www.seekingintegrity.com. There you'll find some useful information about the residential treatment we provide, which I think is some of the best, most useful, short-term effective intensive care you can find for sexual addiction and compulsivity, as well as combined drug sex or chem sex problems. On SeekingIntegrity.com, you can find some useful advice and direction for healing. And don't forget, if you want to write me about this podcast or reach any of my guests, please write me at Rob at SeekingIntegrity.com. I really look forward to our next time together. Take good care.